is a, a superstar of rugby league not of women's rugby league generally of rugby league millions of views uh, online for her famous tackle back in 2019 a castleford uh, a superstar as well kelsey gentles kelsey thank you for joining me today how are you you're welcome thank you for having me i'm very well no problem i mean the women's super league is about to begin uh, you know it's a season that's been 18 months in the making now how are you feeling ahead of that campaign are you excited are you, are you ready to get going yeah, I'm really excited. Like, I'm, I'm buzzing. You know, we've been waiting so long to play. Like you say, 18 months. It's a long time to wait to kick off a season. and But now it's getting closer. I, I won't lie, I'm getting a bit nervous. <laughs> I'm quite nervous now for Sunday. But, yeah, excitement over everything. Can't wait to get out there. I mean, I mean, as you say, 18 months is absolutely... It's a horrendous amount of time to wait for a sport. Like rugby league as well, it's a contact sport. Are you a bit worried perhaps about injuries? Because there hasn't been a lot of contact last 18 months. I know you've been training with England, so I guess that's the only place where you've been able to, to do that. Yeah, I think it's, it's something to think about, definitely. We're going to have to really, you know, kind of prepare ourselves. You know, it's rugby league at the end of the day. People do get injured and people our bodies are not conditioned in the same way they were maybe in 2019 where we're used to that collision every week so that's definitely something we're gonna have to get used to again but you know like you say I've I've been training in England so I'm kind of maybe a bit more used to it than some of the other girls that will be going into this Sunday like really they haven't done co continuous collision in, in over two years nearly. Um Obviously, I have to ask you about uh, the preparation from a Castleford point of view. Obviously, Lindsay the, uh, Anfield stepping aside from Castleford. How has that been? How have the players reacted? And what's uh, been the, the mood in the background at the moment? Well, when, when Lindsay did originally leave, like it was a big shock to the squad and it kind of shook us right down to the core. But, you know, the way those girls have reacted, we've all stuck together and, and that's really shown our character. And, you know, so, sometimes things like that happen and maybe things do need to fall apart for, for other things to come together and that's kind of been our attitude that yeah one thing has changed but our core values are the same we're still the same amount of girls we're still the same people that are going to be going onto that pitch on a Sunday so we're re real positive about it and you know things have really been coming together over the past few weeks. Well it must have been a, a bit of a shock though knowing that you've been you've been working with this with, uh, with Lindsay for four or five years now and just all of a sudden it's a, it must be a massive change. Yeah, definitely. Like Lindsay has coached me since I was 16 years old. So personally, it is, it is a lot to adjust to. And there's quite a few girls, George Roach, Lacey Owen, like girls that have only ever been coached by Lindsay Anfield. And I feel like that, that adjustment might be harder for us than maybe some of the younger girls that haven't really been coached for a by that for that long so I think for us it was more we had to kind of set an example that we're the ones that have been affected the most maybe but we need to show an example we need to stick together and just show adversity and that's that's really what we've done like we've stuck together we're all going through the same stuff and we just want to do Lindsay proud now because she's brought a lot of us into the sport and we just want to do it do her justice when we play this way that's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, if, if you can make her uh, proud by, either, you know, claiming one of the big titles, I'm sure she'll be smiling from, from ear to ear. Fingers but, crossed. You know, in a bad position, though, because uh, we've got Mary Colley, who's an absolute legend of the women's game. And uh, she's still there. And Kirsty Maroney is there as well. Again, more experience. So still a very good uh, backroom staff that you've got there. 
Yeah, definitely. We're, we're very lucky in that aspect. Like things could be a lot worse. We've got two really good coaches that have, they've kind of got a different coaching style to Lindsay. And that's something we've had to kind of adjust to and learn. But it's going really well. Like they, they are real passionate about the game and they're, they're passionate about us. They want us to do well. And they kind of give us that freedom that, you know, play what you want to play, play to your own strengths. We're not really, we've never been the kind of team where we're stuck in a structure. We like to play with a bit of flair and things like that. And, and they they complement that and they've been really helping us like kind of gain our confidence over the next few weeks because it's been a really short pre-season. We haven't had much time to get like combinations together, but it's going really well and the atmosphere at training is just it's electric at the minute. And obviously when we talk about, you know, Maz, one of the, the coaches there, she's been obviously from the start, so she knows what Cass is all about. Oh, definitely. Like, like I say, Maz, she, she was there when I first came to the squad as well at 16. So she's known as just as long as Lindsay, just being just as, as part of the squad and stuff like that. She's a real support network in the squad. Whereas like, so when Lindsay left, it kind of was like, well, we have Maz in that thing. Like Maz is still here. Like she's a constant. She's kind of been like our anchor in all of this. And she's kind of been like, you know, girls, like sometimes stuff like this happens and we just have to dust ourselves off and go again and we will go again. And she's been real, real good in the in all of this. No, I, I agree. Maz is absolutely uh, brilliant. But I'm just looking at, at the squad at Castleford this season. There's obviously yourself. There's people like Georgia Roach, Shauna Hoyle, Tara Stanley. I mean, it's a star-studded squad. What are your expectations this year? I think we've got we've got high expectations because you know, we had such a good year in 2019 and we don't want to take a backward step, even with everything that's happened with COVID and, and Lindsay stepping down and things like that. We don't want that to kind of um, sign off our season. Like we have a lot of talent in the squad. We've got a lot of people that can play good rugby and especially in World Cup year, like there's a lot of pressure, pressure coming from ourselves that we want to do ourselves justice. And, and you know, I know personally, like I want to be playing my best every single game. And that's not, not even from a, a World Cup perspective, but just for my teammates, like I want to do my best because I want to put us in the best possible position. We've come to two finals now and we've fallen short twice. That cannot be our mantra. Like we need to do one better this year, really. You know, when I look back at 2019, a lot of the players who are in this team were part of that 2019 squad. And back then in 2019, you were all in your early 20s, most of you are in your early 20s. You feel like now yeah. you're heading into 2020, 2021 with a you know, bit more experience now. You know, uh, you've, you've, you've been in losing situations, you've been in winning situations. You better prepared now for this 2021 campaign? Yeah, definitely, because I think in 2019, we was all like 19, 20-year-olds, still pr practically just kids, really, trying to do our best. And, and 18 months has passed. That's a long time to like mature and really know yourself and do a lot of soul searching and things like that. And I think we did spend a lot of time doing that with Lindsay like explaining questions like why things went wrong and how psychologically are you really ready for a game of that kind of capacity like playing on Sky Sports and things like that you know these are things we have to think about now the game is changing it's not the same anymore it is getting more popular and you need to be able to to absorb that pressure and still play your best game and kind of take it all away so I think you know this year I'm older, Roach is older, Lace is older, like, and now we're getting to a, a point in our lives where we can be leaders too. So we're going to have a bunch of leaders on the pitch that are all setting an example and everyone knows the role and there's no, there's, there's, there's literally, that's a non-negotiable, like, know your role and we'll play well. 
you know, I'm looking at the teams this season. Saints, it's pretty much an England team, let's say 75, 80% England team. I'm looking at Leeds, obviously the defending champions. Are these two your main rivals or perhaps are we looking at some dark horses as well in Featherstone and, and Wigan? I think this year is going to be very interesting. Like, I couldn't call it. We all know that Saints are going to play really well. They played well in 2019, and since then they've recruited some really good strike on the edges. And so, really, they're, they're, they've got strength in depth. They've got strength all over the park. And it's just, I think when it comes down to it, Leeds, they always play well. They're, they're a team that do the basic thing right. So that's that comes off for them. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how we can go Fev in the first game of the season, we're preparing ourselves for a really hard game because Fev always come out with all guns blazing, and we just we know it's not going to be it's not just going to be an easy game. We're going to have to work hard for that win, and I think even Warrington coming into it, like they've got some strike as well, so I think they'll be interesting to watch that game, the Wigan Warrington game, first game of the season. That'll be interesting, but I think definitely I think Saints definitely are the ones to beat this year because. Two years in a row, they've played well. This year, they'll play amazing because they've just they they've had such a good preseason. They've got so much, you know. Um, they they used to playing together and things like that. They have a lot of maybe the England players in their squad that are used to playing the same combinations week after week. So I think that that'll be quite interesting. They de- and they definitely they want silverware. <laughs> they make no doubts about it. They say they want silverware, and this year they will. They're hungry for it. So I think. Cass and Leeds, we've got we've got a job on if we want to get to them finals when they're in the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I was interviewing the, the Saints coach a couple of weeks ago for uh, for a little uh, feature in the Yorkshire Post, and he was saying that they they uh, you know they want silverware. He wasn't you know shying away from that. So clearly, they've got the sights set on on winning. But uh, I want to move on a little bit now to talk about the growth of the sport. Um, there was a report came out recently talking about how the women's game has grown. One stat that stuck out to me was. Women's Grand Final, Sky Sports, peak viewership, 120,000. How does that make you feel? It's, that is it's incredible. You would never think that five years ago, you're that women's rugby, like, what's that? You'd only know about it if you knew someone who was playing or directly involved and things like that. So 120,000 people watching one of our games on Sky Sports, it's just, it's ridiculous to think about now. And like participation levels going up by 53%. That is a massive jump in in two, three years. Like, and it just shows all the hard work that, you know, the players are doing, the coaches, the people that are volunteering, like all this good work is not, it's not being done in vain. Like it's working. And in five years time, I can't even think about where the sport's going to be. It's going to be catapulted after the World Cup. Really, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I look back four or five years ago and obviously we start start off with, with Castleford playing at the Rugby Union ground. Season later, we have a goal. All right, let's move to the jungle. At the same time, another uh, sort of improvement is to have names on the back of the shirts. Step by step, season by season, something new is introduced. Now, obviously, uh, games on TV. What, in your opinion, is the next step? What's the next stage behind this growth of, of uh, the sport? I think... After the World Cup, if if the World Cup is as successful as we intend it to be, I think the next the natural next step is contracts of some kind. Maybe not everyone having a contract, maybe similar to the NRL where there's only a certain amount of contracts and certainly a certain amount of people have those contracts and things like that. But I think that's the natural step 
to to move it up to to get more professional and kind of mirroring the men bit by bit like I've always said you can't jump from zero to 100 like yeah we want to get paid we want to be full-time blah blah but you need to these steps have to you have to keep moving you have to keep progressing I think that's the natural progression if the the women do so well and we, we have a really successful world cup that is the natural progression to kind of mirroring our counterparts in the southern hemisphere they have contracts at the end of the year in their NRLW um campaign so it's kind of just that would be natural for it to happen do you watch the the NRL, the NRL, the women's NRL over in Australia? I do. I have to keep an eye on the competition. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you I have to see what foot Jess Serge is stepping off. I have to see what hand Isabel Kelly is using to fend you off. Like that, we, we do spend a lot of time talking about that. That the girls that are in the um, national development program, we talk about the NRL all the time. And um, when we watch a game, like we'll talk about it together, like all oh, what's happened and things like that. And I think it's important because we need to know these things. Do you know whether they watch the Women's Super League at all? Do you know whether they, they follow our game all over in Australia? Well, I'm not sure if they watch Women's Super League, but when we was playing in the Sydney Nines, in the World Cup Nines, uh, one of the Australian girls were like commentating and she was talking about the grand final. And she was like, yeah, I got up early to watch it. Like, and she was like, it's so rough. Like it was a really intense game. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting that you would make, that you'd got your way to watch it so I think the more it's on television like they're going to watch it and they, they just need to be able to like find it and things like that so maybe when it's on like our league and twitch it's a bit more difficult for them to watch but when it's on like sky sports or bbc it's it's so easy to find so I think definitely that they they probably watch the games that they can find 100% I remember that, that our grand final uh so the women's grand final was not only on uh, sky here but it was also on tv you know, over in Australia, which that, that must have been there. Uh, that's absolutely massive, isn't it? But you mentioned the They've Aussies. They've spoken out our competition yeah. as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you mentioned the Aussies. So that obviously brings us on to the World Cup. Tell us, you know, what are England's chances? The Aussies played throughout COVID. Obviously, we couldn't do the same here. Where do we stand? I think it's, an, it's naive to say we're not at a disadvantage because we are. We've lost a full year playing and I think 2020 was going to be a really important year for a lot of us to kind of fix things that we weren't that strong in in 2019. So, But we lost that whole year and it's kind of been like where we are working now at double time to try like get up to scratch and kind of polish our performances and stuff. And that's why the, the Super League is so important this year. We need to be playing. We need to be kind of doing those things over and over again so we can, so when it comes to World Cup time, we, you're confident, you're confident in your abilities and things like that. So I think we, we are, we're positive about it. You know, we can't change what's happened. COVID has happened and, you know, we can only focus on the future. We can only focus on being our best. So when we go to that World Cup, we're, we're competing. We're competing with the top teams and that we're in quarterfinals, we're in semifinals and fingers crossed we make it to that final and lift that trophy, fingers crossed. <laughs> Well, that's got to be the goal, you know, a home World Cup as well in front of our own fans. Yeah. That would be huge. But I'm just wondering, you know, do you have a set team now in England, a set squad? Or do you think if, the, you know, when this season starts and there is, for example, a star breaks through in, in, in a certain team, does that player have a chance to make the England squad with a year to go, with, sorry, 200 and less days to go? Or do you think that's not really in the, in the question right now? 100%. 100%. There's no, there's literally no teams. Um 
Craig himself has said, like, I don't care who's in the, the national development, I don't care who's coming to training. If you play well in Super League, you have as just much as much chance as Amy Hardcastle or Emily Rudge. You just have to play your best rugby. And, and that's what we're going into well, into the um, Super League thinking. It doesn't matter who's here and who's not here. I need to be playing my best rugby every week, all game, to make sure that I'm making like putting him in a really hard position because we want to be ma- making him make hard decisions at the end of the year. We don't want it to be an easy squad to be picked. We want the one needs to be like 60, 70 people in that ring where he has to make some really hard decisions on who he takes into camp and things like that but he said himself like he doesn't care about who's here if you play well in Super League you've got just as much chance as anyone else you know that's the thing you know if somebody if a star breaks through if somebody has a you know a good run towards the hopefully it's not a winger (laughs) don't need any more of those fingers crossed fingers crossed Um, 2020 Kelsey was uh, massive for uh Black Lives Matter in sport, especially. Um, I think we've seen over in America, we've seen it here um, in England. I wanted to ask you, does, is rugby league doing enough as a sport to tackle racism? I think the, I think we're really proud of like how it's gone. Like they, they really are trying the best and, you know, they can't force people to listen to the message and take it on that they can only do so much. And I think they're being really proactive with it, like carrying the um, the 13 second Black Lives Matter support into 2021. I think that himself, that itself is a really great gesture because they could have just left it in 2020, just done it all the 2020, they didn't have to bring it into this season and they did. They made a choice. And even though they've had backlash from fans, which I don't think they're really fans if they're going to say that, but just people just being negative on social media. Um, they've, they've continued it. They've, they've held their own and things like that. And I think that it's really important because there's so much stuff that goes on in rugby league, like the ugly side with discrimination, racism, sexism, things like that. It's important to have this message and it's important to feel supported when you're playing, you know, being a woman and be then on top of it being a black woman, like the odds are stacked against you a bit. And, you know, it's easy for people to, to hand out slurs when when, the, when you do something they don't really like and things like that. So I think for me, it's more of a safety blanket, whereas like I know the RFL have got my back no matter what and that and when something goes wrong I'm not feeling alone where I've got no one to turn to I've got no support that they are very supportive in that way. Just wondering whether you were you know experienced any abuse or racism or anything like that in the sport while, while you've been you know playing rugby league? Oh definitely I mean it's just when I've spoken to like other black players I'm like oh well, what, what do you think about like what's happened and stuff and it's kind of been like oh it's like part and parcel of the sport you can't get away from ignorant people and things like that so it's not where you're thinking oh god I don't want to go to play because I'm just going to get abused you just you have to ignore it and sometimes being I mean think stood on the wing sometimes it does like it's, it's hard to get away from supporters because you're the closest person you can hear it the loudest so sometimes Things have been said that are very nice, and and I, I've gone home and I've told my mum like, oh, like someone said this to me on sidelines today, like someone shouted this to me. My mum's like, she's so protective of me. She's just like, it's ridiculous. She gets really mad about it, but I'm like, when you give them that reaction, that just gives them more ammunition to do it more because they know they're getting under your skin. So really, you just have to smile and just let it go over your head and things like that. But. I think maybe 1% out of all fans, 1%. And it's always that 1% that try to ruin it for everyone. It's it's sad, isn't it? 
that it's still, yeah definitely that it's sad to about. think that maybe like girls younger than me that that's what's to come that's what's sad about it that there's, there's going to be girls younger than me and and there's nothing really you can do to stop it it's just it's it's one of those sad situations and obviously the, i don't want to end on a on a note like that i want to end on a bit of more, more of a positive note so just lastly you know what does rugby league mean to you kelsey you're obviously working but you're still committing hours to it every week training traveling match days everything why why is why rugby league why does it drive you so much because I just love it, Seth. Like, I just love it. It is my one passion. It's the one thing I care about more than anything in this world. Like, yeah, it's exhausting working and going to and going to uni and then, you know, having to travel to training, not getting home from training until 10 o'clock, half past 10 at night, and then having to get up in the morning, six o'clock and do it all over again. Like, it is, it is tiring. But then when you're playing at the weekend and you're playing in those big finals and, and you get to play for England hopefully at the end of the year like it will all be worth it and and all these like really hard days when you're just exhausted and you just think oh I can't do this like I need a break it's all going to be worth it and that's what I just keep telling myself and I think that's what you have to tell yourself when things get hard because everyone's tired like you get to training you're just like oh I'm so tired and you've got to train for three hours and it's just you just have to keep keep going you just have to keep <laughs> keep the legs working I mean but I just love rugby like I just love it I just love everything about it. I love watching it. I love being part of it, like the community. Like, there's nothing better. I just don't think there's any, there's no sport better. You know, I, I admire every single player in, in, in the sport. I mean, the, people like you, people like Emma Lumley. I remember when Emma Lumley turned up for the grand final after working a night shift. I mean, that, things like she that. She does it all the time. Like, she'll come, and she'll come, like, she, she's on nights this week. She's come to training straight after nights and she'll come to the game on Sunday after working a night shift and play against Bev and she's just, she's a, she is a warrior. Like she is everything that she deserves, everything she gets out of this sport because she gives up so much. Unbelievable. The sport of unbelievable people, unbelievable passions. And uh, thank you very much, Kelsey, for, for joining me today. Best of luck for the season. Best of luck against Fev because I know it gets rough against Fev. They, uh, they always turn it on against Cass. Uh, I know. Thank you. And hopefully the derby is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be the derby of derbies. Exactly. I'm sad that it's not been picked for, for Twitch, but I'm sure there'll be highlights mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, but thank you very much, Kelsey. And hopefully see you at the end of the season, maybe with some silverware. Fingers crossed. Thank you.